Welcome to episode two of the Reality Circus podcast. Um, thank you for all the support um, after the release of episode one. Very much appreciate that. Um, and like I said, hopefully going to be trying to get a show out every week, uh, if possible, if not every two weeks. So today I'm very I'm very pleased to have with me uh, Luke Bignall. Hello. <laughs> who is um, the founder, owner and head trainer at Community Gyms in uh, Bridge, Kent, just outside of Canterbury. Um, he's a very excellent trainer with a lot, a lot of expertise and a lot of practical knowledge to offer. And uh, he also holds a black belt in Shotokan. Uh, Rushinkan. Rushinkan karate. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, yeah, I just want to ask you a few questions today about your kind of journey into fitness and things like that. Great, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you here. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the first question I wanted to ask you was, how did you actually first discover fitness, and why become a personal trainer? Great question. Um, so, I, um, it's a long story, but <laughs> I guess we've got some time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the journey started when I was young. Uh, I used to be a very active kid. Uh, they called me the wild one, or uh, World <laughs> War Three as well, back at the time. Wow, that's quite intense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was very, a, l a lot of energy, and uh, used to run around the garden, tearing down trees. I was very lucky to grow up in a, um, with a big garden, and, you know, in a quite a uh, privileged upbringing, and I could uh, do a lot of tearing around. But um, basically, my mum didn't really know what to do with me. She just <laughs> had too much energy, and she would put me into sports clubs and things like that, and nothing would ever work probably make me worse actually just have more energy right um yeah the wild one um the, the name fit me pretty well and uh, then when i was about 11 she decided to try different tack with me i think i think she was had enough by that point right i would have <laughs> definitely been on ritalin if i was <laughs> if when i was yeah, that age ritalin existed <laughs> <laughs> i was uh you know um didn't really exist back then when i was a kid but so <coughs> i was put in I went to a martial arts class um, to go back to what you were mentioning about karate before. And I remember my first session, I must have been about 11, and um, my mum just said when I got back, this is the first time she's ever seen me calm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, so something in that, letting out that aggression through it in a controlled, um, the controlled environment of the dojo was really, really big thing for me, I think, as well. And having to sit still and being very ordered in a line and um, those types of things. I think I had a very laissez-faire upbringing. I was very right. free and easy. And my mum's a bit of a hippie, really. In Flat a good way, mum. Yeah, yeah. Flat, yeah. <laughs> and I think I probably needed that kind of, that discipline, really. Absolutely. So uh, I think that's where I started to uh, channel my um, love of movement. And yeah, I guess it's probably that. What, um, what age was that as well? I was 11, okay. I think. Okay. So... Uh, I'll come back to my karate journey later maybe, but I did, um, ended up probably training pretty seriously till I was 19, um, before I went to university, right. um, and I was pretty obsessed by it, and I, um, as a result of that, I went and studied Japanese, uh, at university, uh, wow. East Asian studies, and, um, so I, you know, I wanted to find out more about karate, I wanted to go and live there, uh, which is what I did for That's a year. badass. Yeah, it was good, and, um, to get to the personal trainer bit, I guess um, uh, what happened after university, I, I didn't really want to continue Japanese. I wanted to maybe go in different avenues. And as I said, that was a long story. Um, and uh, then my wife, um, now wife, 
at the time, just after graduation, she fell pregnant, and uh, just after we were, yeah, just after graduation, and I had to get a job right there, right, yeah. right now. And I was just about to train to be an outdoor education instructor. Actually, I decided to go more um, away from the Japanese and into just general. Um, I knew I couldn't earn a very good living as a craft instructor, so sure. I decided to go more into just general movement mm -hmm. practices. So I decided to do outdoor education, but when my wife now wife got pregnant I uh, knew it wasn't really going to be enough at the time so um, that was when I was living in Brighton and uh, oh, I wasn't aware of that yeah I grew up in Brighton oh yeah. cool and uh, she um, lived in she grew up here and she wanted <coughs> to in Canterbury she wanted to live near her parents so um, or near her mum so we moved here just for a year yep. uh, but we're still here 10 <laughs> yeah. 11 years later <laughs> yeah uh, we had our, our and um, I decided to become a teacher so I got a kind of wasn't a massive choice it was more of a feeling I, I know I could do it I'd work yeah. with kids a lot over just some volunteering at university a lot of volunteering with kids and I kind of knew I could work with kids quite well so I thought right teacher that was give me a salary I can support my f my new unexpected family that <laughs> wasn't right <laughs> and uh, we were pretty young and uh, that's what I did so I went and became a teacher but I I always knew it wasn't right sure I knew it was I found it a very stressful career um it is a very stressful career. All yeah. the teachers I know are stressed out of their minds, really. Yep. And uh, suffered. Um, my health suffered through it, definitely. From the stress? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't congruent with who I was. I'm not a very naturally organised or academic person. So being a teacher is probably not the best <laughs> job for me, <laughs> yeah. is it? But I had other, s I had other skills and other, sure. other qualities that I think that I did bring to teaching, for example. Just passion for communication, teaching one thing to another yeah. which is what I still do um and I loved the kind of the arts and the sports obviously so right. I got big into all the sports and it was the football teacher and the PE you know I right. and then I I um I went through three schools um worked at three different schools ending up at bridge school which is a fantastic school where my children go now and um was the sport person there and really developed the sport a little bit in the in the school and I enjoyed that, but I always knew it, it wasn't really for me. But right. when you have a young family and you're in a job, it's hard to get out. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. you got you got a s you got a you got the rent to pay, the mortgage to pay, whatever. You got the food to put on the table, and um, it was a really really difficult to see a way out of that kind of monthly salary that I was getting. And um, you know, it wasn't the worst job in the world. You got good holidays and stuff, but my you know, I started getting you know not sleeping well and. Um, working all day Sunday to prepare for the week following and you, you know you want to be with your family on a Sunday Absolutely. I, it just it just I never knew I always knew it was was wrong but um I couldn't see a way out I didn't I didn't have the bravery to um go out on a limb I didn't want to just go and do anything I wanted to do that you know the right thing yeah and um so as I said it's a long story um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it was uh four years maybe even four coming up to five years now that Chris this Christmas so four and a half years ago I think it was um I was in a bar uh New Year's Eve I think or around Christmas time mm -hmm. in the old brewery tavern in Canterbury I've been there yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway and I was just um a good mate of mine I was out with him and some of his mates yeah and, um, he came up to me and he said um so what is um I think it was 2012 what does 2012 hold for you what, what's good you know it's New Year's Eve what's, right. what's coming yeah and I just sat there and I looked at him and I just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I'm looking, I'm not looking forward to anything like professionally right. particularly. And I just suddenly 
dawned on me that I didn't know where I, I didn't really want to do what I was going to be doing that year. Right. And um, and he just went off for a drink. He just he didn't even know that right. he had this massive yeah, impact yeah, yeah. on me. But He's just asking he does a now. Question. Yeah, 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 basically. But to me, it was a big dawning of, and I just sat there and I didn't really, you know, um, I just paused and I realized I didn't want to be a deputy head. It wasn't wasn't interested in career progression in that sense. I'd much prefer just the actual teaching bit. Um, but I thought I'd already reached the top of the sort of pay scale in teaching, so there was no real way to go. Um, right, you mean like nowhere further up the ladder kind no, of thing, right? No, apart from to management, and okay. I didn't really want to be a yeah, manager. No. So um, anyway, another friend of his sat down at that time, and his name's Matt. Uh, he's later became my mentor. Okay. Um, random, you just happened to be down visiting my other mate, and yeah. um, he lives up north, and he was a personal trainer. And uh, he owns his own gym. And um, I was fascinated by this concept and uh, because um, I at the time I was running a karate dojo. So I had about 20 students, kids oh wow. and adults, and I'd been doing that for about six years. Uh, but I was frustrated by it because what I really wanted to do was I really wanted to kind of um, affect people's lives in a positive way through physical teaching sure. and uh, we were meeting once a week it was a voluntary I was working in a voluntary capacity doing yeah. it so I could never really give it what it needed to take those people forward that's what I felt anyway right and um uh but when I talked to him he, he sort of seemed to say well that's kind of what I do but not through a martial art you know just I get people they're in a rut or whatever and I'd help them get healthy and and um fit and happy you know not necessarily it's not to do with the um anything martial or anything but <laughs> right. i just realized i never really was in it for that anyway i'm sure. not really a, not a fighter at all right and um it was just it's just a tool yeah so uh i just went away from that meeting saying oh, i could i could do that you know actually i realized that what i really love doing is just helping people mm. progress in their sort of health and fitness really right and i also realized that I did that quite a lot to my friends like I was always the guy they would come to if they wanted to like learn how to run a marathon they'd always come right. to me because sure. I always dabbled in everything because I loved it <coughs> um, all that youthful energy I still <laughs> had of course and um, you know if it was nutrition they, they knew I knew a little bit about that at the time and they would come to me or if it was anything they'd kind of and I realized I really loved helping them and seeing them progress and they'd come back and say oh look that little training plan you wrote me was brilliant mm. and, and I used to get a lot back from that and I thought oh, I could get paid for that and do that for my right, job like right. every day how cool would that be yeah right? how cool would that be so um, I went home two in the morning or something probably had a few beers and um, woke my wife up I said Kim I know what I want to do <laughs> and she's like Whoa. and um, you know she, and, and um, I said I want to be I'm going to be a personal trainer or maybe that's not how it's going to end up but you know that's how I'm going to start I'm right. going to go down that road absolutely and she just looked and she just woke up and she said that is the perfect thing for really? you really yeah yeah that's wow. what you should be doing. And then she went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I went to bed. I kind of wake, lay awake for a few days, a few hours thinking, oh, okay. Yeah, I bet you could hardly sleep do. after thinking about all that stuff, right? Yeah, Simon a little wise. bit, yeah. yeah. But but then I woke up and it's sort of reality bites, doesn't it? Right. And you're like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Look, start looking up courses, two, three grand. You know, I want to do the best course I can do. It's three or four grand. Yeah. And, um, and then you're looking, how can you go and do that? training um when can you when could i do it? i've got kids you know sure. so um uh, one kid at a time uh three now <laughs> 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 yeah and um and i just didn't i couldn't sort of see a way of doing it so i spent the next sort of three days trying to research courses when could i do it could i do it online could i do it you know on so i couldn't give up my job of course i should be stupid yeah like 
a lot of people want to follow their dream, but you've got to be intelligent about it. You've got to like, yeah. you've got to have a backup. You've got to have a backup you? saving or something. Yeah, right? you've got it. And I had no no money at all. Right. Really, really not doing well financially at that point. And um, so um, I sort of three days later, I just sort of turned around to Kim and I just said, "Oh, this is just a pipe dream. I'm not going to do it. Uh, it's stupid. I'd be selfish." And anyway, so she went, oh, "Well, okay, right, whatever." And then um, I just I think I'd, I've never been. I'd never been depressed in my life and never since. But those next few days, I was depressed. Wow. I, I was like, I found what I wanted to do and I sort of deeply knew that inside me, like on a kind of non-intellectual level, but on a deeper level. Yeah. I knew that that's what I should do for the world, but I just couldn't practically think about how to realise that yeah. at all. Sure. And I just was depressed. I, was, I just walked around. And after about three days, she just went, oh, for God's sake, Luke, just, you've got to find a way of doing this <laughs> thing, you know? You've got to do it. Just borrow some money or something and uh, oh okay anyway in about five minutes she'd found the right course for me oh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that yeah i'm a bit dumb in some ways practically and she just finds things and so we found a course that ran over a summer holiday well yeah. it was one it was seven weeks so it was one week more but um i contacted them and i said look if i am um, do uh you know bust my ass work evening weekends before or after the course can i do the course yeah and of course they're a big institution they're going to take your money like, of yeah, course of course yeah. <laughs> and, um, i borrowed the money um and so that was sort of January 2012. And by, so I did out that year. Yep. And in July, August that year, I did the course, and which I loved. Yep. I did, and um, did really, really well because I was so motivated for it. All the, I studied a lot of anatomy, physiology, mm. nutrition, and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was good. It was a good course. Learned a lot. But then I didn't give up. I thought at the time, I thought, ah, oh, I could just go straight into this, you know, September. No, <laughs> you can't. If you if you want to be a personal trainer, if you go to a, a gym or something like that, you've got to be paying five hundred pounds a month. Yeah, for uh, for the rental of the yeah, facility, right? Just for a yeah. rent. Um, if you want to go out on your own and train people in parks, it's hard. You're not going to get much money. Yeah. So um, I decided to do another year of teaching full time and just build it up on the side. So still in bridge. Yeah. Yep. So I just do um, was training people at six in the morning, friends for free just for experience before I went to work. And then I started evening classes um, in local village halls, mm -hmm. and the actual school itself. And I just started building up a reputation. I wasn't doing it for money. I mean, I, they paid for you know the class five sure, or something, yeah. but I just did it for experience and reputation. And then at the end of that year, I went um, part-time. So I just went to one day a week and I did tutoring, like maths and English tutoring for kids after school. Mm -hmm. And then I did the personal training right. as well. So I... okay. It takes time to build your client base. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I kind of progressed from there and I joined up with someone else. We started boot camps doing like out in the park and then we, he had a gym. We worked together for a year, didn't quite work out. And then um, I thought another moment of realization, I thought I'm going to borrow some more money and uh, go and um, start my own place how I wanted it. Yeah. And that was two and a half years ago and uh, the rest is community gyms history i mean we're, we're sitting, sitting in, in it right now yeah we are <laughs> probably quite echoey so very long answer to how i became a personal trainer but um that's my answer no that's fascinating um and i i personally you know from just getting into personal training i i realize how important it is to get that that experience before you even start for the sake of learning how to deal with different personality types and how yeah. to motivate and how to like how to explain 
you know, kind of uh, like training methods and techniques and stuff to people because that, that's a weak point for me at this point, you know, is is trying to get what's in my head into their body yeah. and in their head and yeah. get them to I be able to I guess that's it. just teaching, isn't it? Yeah. I think if I had become a personal trainer when I was um, 19 or when I was just out of uni, 24, I wouldn't be, uh, not saying I'm <laughs> blowing my own trumpet here, but I wouldn't be as good as I am because yeah. I learn how to teach yeah through nine years of school teaching yeah and that's just um i try to bring that into what i do a lot in the group teaching so we have uh, about 100 group members in the gym and then in the kind of one-to-one stuff as well so it's it's a skill and it takes time to develop definitely yeah Yeah. that's cool that's very i'm very very fascinated um by that whole journey actually i i i always find it you know I, i love hearing about people's stories of the kind of the immaterial idea that's just that that new year's eve kind of what am i going to do you're thinking and then how that progresses to the you know the the village hall sessions and then how that progresses and progresses and then you know now you have your your own facility and yeah yeah i think a lot of people want to do it as well many people i meet are not happy in their job um you know most and it's sad and um it's having to be quite honest, the balls to do it is it, it's hard. Yeah. And um, you know, you see many excuses and limitations into your ideas and of what you really want to go and do. Sure. I mean, I, I to put it on a more deep level, I'm on the earth to help as many people as possible to increase their fitness and health and well being. And that's what I do best. Mm. So and I when you know something, um First of all, you have to sort of find out what your gift is, and that takes yeah. time. You've got to think, That's what, what am I really here to do on the earth? Absolutely. And then to actually, um, and then the rest of it, I believe that um, it's about finding your gift and then giving it to other people. Right. So say you're a singer, and that's your gift. You sing for others, and they get emotional um and potentially even intellectual benefit from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if you're, uh, whatever you, your gift is, finding it and then giving it to others in the best way that you can but many people i think they kind of know the the area that they're good at mm-hmm. so like if you start speaking to people they might say um yeah i'm an accountant but what i really love is football or right. you know whatever whatever it is but practically realizing that into a sort of um, into a living is 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 hard yeah um I mean we're fortunate in the time that we live in with the internet is a lot of people and a lot of organizations that um try to help people transition mm-hmm uh, there's one called Escape the City, which tries to get people who are unhappy in their city jobs really? to go and do something a bit more wow. meaningful. Yeah, that's great. awesome. I didn't know this yeah, existed, yeah, yeah. man. Uh, there's um, a great lady who I spoke with at a Kent event a couple of m- months ago on this kind of topic on transition. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, she's um, Nicola Moss. Check her out. Uh, she is uh, Decelerate to Accelerate. So I she runs yeah, posted re- retreats, about that, right? uh, retreats in Europe and in... Um, other places and uh she tries to get people to just stop and um think about what they really really want to do and um try and help them with a plan you know you need a plan you you can't do it and it just takes longer than you think as well absolutely and you never you never get where you want to be like i don't i'm nowhere near where i want where i want to be right it's always evolving it's always moving forward absolutely um if if i was you know personal training was no, I hate gyms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the huge biggest fan of I always, I always, yeah. when I told my friends I was going to be a person, they're like, you hate gyms. You like running in the woods and, st- and like doing martial arts and stuff. I'm like, yeah, right, cool. But this is a way in to doing what you want. You know, it's never going to be perfect. You just got to go in the right direction. It might not be the actual. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also you can, from, from me coming here as well, you know, y- I can see how that's mirrored 
in the philosophy of this place because obviously when I come to this gym, there's never an ego. There's never, you know, people aren't bitter that someone has done a m- movement or lifted a weight that some, you know, everyone has their own goals mm. that they're all moving towards. And it's nice that, it's nice that it's kind of, there's really, there's a warmth here. And A, yeah, community gyms, of course, it involves a lot of the local community. But you, you get a sense for that, whereas obviously it's quite impersonal on a lot of the bigger gyms and the, mm. the way that, you know, you don't necessarily even communicate sometimes with other people training. And yeah, that's a shame. I think gyms are very ineffective places for people. You know, they think they want to go and get fit and healthy. And that's great. They go to a gym, but they're very ineffective. Most people either they really don't know what to do or they just do it without any sort of intensity so just watching the tv and then you know it's it doesn't really work as a concept sure. i just think they they've got a 10 year shelf life gyms to be honest yeah i think actually being coached by someone who knows what they're doing who's a little bit inspiring and that's the that's the way to to get your fit fitness and health up i think absolutely and like yeah i mean we i called it it was a hard i didn't know what to call the gym but i thought well, what's the most important thing it was like actually being a community you know, being a group together, doing the same thing and supporting each other, that was m- what was most important to me. Like mm. what we do, okay, yeah, we do good stuff, but it's not as important as the group. Right. Like we could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, and I want to do more things. I want to start a martial arts group in the future, very near future, actually. Yeah, um, I'm in. <laughs> excellent. And, you know, it keeps evolving. We keep bringing in different things. Um, as long as we know what we're doing, um, it's about, you know, that group thing is important, definitely. Well, even even with calisthenics, I mean, so, you know, that's the, the kind of the one session that I always try to come to. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, even that's seeing people, you know, kind of maybe even people that weren't necessarily kind of driven towards calisthenics as a practice, how much they're progressing, even just in the time that I've been coming here. Mm. And I personally benefit so much from that like from your kind of instructional style, because also, you know, you give everyone time and obviously the groups tends to be like not too big Mm. so that you can actually get around and, you know, my kind of mobility and strength and stuff have increased tenfold compared to when I was kind of self-training and I, you know, I I train hard on my own, but it's sometimes, maybe it's sometimes a bit one-dimensional. Yeah, I think you always, it's the four-minute mile phenomenon, isn't it? You know, um, Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile in uh, 1950-something, and um, everyone thought it was impossible before before that. Right. And um, he broke it in sort of January or something of that year. A student, not even a professional runner. Wow. Uh, he broke the um, four-minute mile barrier, and within that year, five other people around the world had broken it. Wow. Because he broke it. Right. Because they thought... It wasn't possible. It's, it's possible. Oh, so it's a psychological limitation right. that we have ourselves. So I see you doing... Um, something I can't do and I'm like right I want to do that right so yeah. that's how the group works it's not that I'm being in competition no. against you no. it's that I'm being inspired by you that's it and so that's what the group should function for we sh- um, and if we're going in competition against each other we should have the mindset of seeing that other person just as that if they're better than us that's good yeah yeah like I'm happy for them I mean that was always a paradoxical thing in martial arts that we uh, the club that I belong to which is very sort of non-competitive club it wasn't really we didn't really go in for competitions right. and stuff but it um we you know when we did do sparring competitions and it was hard for the instructors to get over to us as young kids that um you know it wasn't really about winning it was about seeing if someone was better than you could learn from them right and um that if you got kicked in the face, that was a good lesson because you're not gonna, you're gonna block that next time, uh, rather than being the winner. 
right. you know just using those people as um progressing themselves and it's just a, and um again it's just about sort of that that journey of of um whatever whatever learning you're doing whether it be physical or mental like you're on a journey and um you always uh if you if you have a if you have work to do to move forward that's where the good stuff is right if you can just do it like if you walk in here and you can taking fitness and physicality as an example if you could do i don't know for example a 10 second handstand just straight off still i've never seen it before but right, <laughs> if yeah. you could you'd get no benefit from that because you'd just be like oh look at me right or oh, i can do it there's no journey sure there's no challenge yeah. if you spent a year every single day training tweaking um disciplining yourself researching and at the end of the year you could do a 10 second still pin handstand that's a great journey for you yeah so it's the work absolutely the work that's the good stuff that's the um my, my karate teachers always you say don't be afraid of hard work right that's where the good stuff is yeah and i really agree with that well on the on the kind of subject of of martial arts um you know w what was the style of karate called uh it's called rushin khan it's Rushin very small khan. in england um club exists mainly in sussex to be honest it's only about 100 people really okay. and, and what it's was split the club off called? into a uh, Rushin Khan Karate Go. It's splintered okay. off into a few different factions actually as well now in this country. It's pretty big in Japan. Okay. Um, but yes, go on, what's your question? Well, wha <laughs> what are the kind of, I mean, you know, because I'm not that clued up about karate really, you know, I mean, I kind of know a couple of types of them and, and vaguely what's practiced. Mm. But I mean, in in that style, what what are there, what, what would you say that the kind of the tenets of it are? Obviously, there's a lot of uh, discipline involved, and I mm. guess there's a lot of emphasis on on movement. Yeah, um, what are the tenets of the style? Well, I think it was um, a little bit less competitive than right many styles out there, um, rightly or wrongly, and um, it was you know we'd, we'd meditation was a big part of it. Um, definitely, as you progressed up the the grades. Um, heard you talking about that on your first podcast, which is brilliant, by the way. Oh, thank you very Tim, much. Tim, you're a great guy. Is it Tim? Sir? No? Uh, Matt. Matt, sorry, yes. Matt. Bad, my bad. It's okay. He's uh, yeah, very wise guy. That's yeah. right. He talks about that a lot. You know, mm. I've explored meditation a lot in my life through karate, really. Right. Um, but then later through other ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was really this the style that I that I did was really about the the guy who brought it over more than the style. I right. think he just used it as a tool to um, create a community of like-minded people to do right. a physical act and some meditation. Like I think that in Japan, it, when I went there and I lived with the creator of the style and um, trained with all the, you know, trained at the source, as it were. It wasn't the same. Oh really? Yeah, it wasn't actually what I wanted to do. I realized I thought it was that's why I went there mm -hmm. but like your friend Matt was saying if you want to go and do something you want to find out something go there that's a direct experience yeah right? direct experience so I went there thinking that um, I went to do Japanese because I think uh, you know went to study Japanese studies and because I thought that there was some magic philosophy or magic right. spirituality about that land and oh, yeah. uh, that art it certainly has that vibe to yeah, it you, you sense it yeah, yeah. And, and um and in a way it's there is a lot of amazing stuff there but actually it's just you can strip it all back to something that any human being can understand wherever they come from sure and if you can get to the roots of it um i'm getting closer but still not got it but <laughs> <laughs> then you, you can understand it as a westerner as you know you right. can sort of just get to what's there and um, when i was in japan um i didn't i don't 
think it was the same. It was the same movements, but it wasn't the same what meaning kind of put on the movement. Was it was it a lot more purist because of it was you were at the it origin of that I style? Th- I think that um well we would go and do like we would go and one of my favorite things about the cr- my karate training I did was um, we used to go on camps like every 6 months we'd go away for a weekend and we'd get up at 4 3 run through the you know run in the woods yeah attack each other and <laughs> <laughs> meditate in the sunrise and talk about spirituality and be humble and all those things and I learned a lot through those camps and they didn't really have that in Japan <laughs> right. it's more of a you think about it it's like in Japan, it's like karate, a bit like football. It's just their, their sort of national right. thing. Yeah, and it's been around for so long. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, there are spiritual sides to it, but people just sort of think, well, it's a bit more, it was a bit more sporty, to be honest. It was a bit really? more like they had like, you know, um, com- big competitions. They're a bit more sporty. Right. Then I wasn't too, although I, I was really competitive when I was young, definitely, but um, I still wasn't that interested in becoming a competitive fighter and um, I, I never have been really. Um, and and it it just didn't really have the same essence as, as when when I was sort of doing it with the instructor that came. So I would say that the sort of philosophy and the kind of um, the tenets of the system were based on um, the the guy who bought it here, which whose name was Peter Connolly. Peter Connolly is Peter Connolly. He's a fantastic man, and um, he's not he doesn't run the cl- uh, the classes anymore. He doesn't run the the dojo anymore. But some other great guys have taken over, and um, he he um, would. I think what he was trying to do was try and take every individual forward that he had in some way. Mm -hmm. And that was all, and he would, and we'd all be a little bit, um, you know, we'd also need something different. Like maybe I needed a good kick up the arse, I think. (laughs) I was pretty, you know, maybe not arrogant, but competitive. And I was quite good physically, so I'd win a lot of bouts and that kind of thing. And I was found the technique's easy, mm-hmm. but I, I found sitting still very hard. Right. <laughs> so that's why meditation became a, a thing for me because it was the thing I couldn't do. Okay. And you have to, um, uh, in uh, I think he made us face up to the things that we couldn't do. And uh, another one of my instructors, um, Piero, uh, he was the same. He, um, he took me through my black belt, me and my brother, which is an interesting story. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, we, we would... Um, go to his house uh, f- five or six in the morning ev- every day uh, for about a three-week period leading up to our black belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some incredible experiences. That was that was the best best time of my training, definitely. Yeah. We would, um, we, that was in Brighton. We'd, you know, we'd go, um, he would make us do, he would set us out to do what we couldn't do until we were frustrated. Right, and like, then he like would a lot of mental sort of testing and physical yeah a lot of physical Mm -hmm. he would set tasks that were seemingly impossible but we would try (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i lost my temper once it was i remember um and he he i think he wanted to show me that i could um have that anger inside me and he took me down (laughs) hard (laughs) (laughs) and i needed it yeah and it was a great (laughs) revelatory moment well when i i kind of he just kept putting me on the floor putting me on the floor until i got angry you know how boxes uh, they don't get angry you know of course. Uh, got, got angry yeah i'm a pretty calm guy but i did but the emotions and then he in, really yeah. put me down yeah. hard he said that's what you need to control wow so that was interesting um wow that was a great experience for me 
and uh, I also had a very um, <laughs> what I'm going to call it. I guess it's pretty enlightening experience as well. Probably my only one of my life, uh, right. which has stayed with me. Um, he he took us through these three weeks of training, and then he kind of got hit Peter, the main guy, to come and check us out before our <laughs> right. before our public grading. Because yeah. our black belt public grading was very um, public. We'd kind of done the hard work by then. And and you do two, do you kind of do two separate gradings, like yeah, a private like a, and a... Well, we actually did pretty much three, I'd say. Wow. <laughs> That's intense to yeah. get the belt, but... Um, the first, this first one, we, we had to. Do, it's, oh, we we were we were training in a special way because I'd been away actually on my gap year. Yeah. Um, before it f- uh, lived in Zanzibar, um, sort of teaching, uh, which is just off the coast of Tanzania, and did some travelling in East Africa. And I I had um, got to a high level um, before that, but then I think I probably would have gone for my black belt before that. But then I said to my instructors, oh, I'm going away for six months or seven months, however sure. long it was, and they were like, Oh, okay, that's fine. As soon as I got back, they were like, You're doing your your black belt right and so we had to do some intensive training that's why and my brother was going for it as well okay and so we did this together um great bonding experience and he um sort of took us through three weeks of daily training very intense and uh, physically and mentally my mum was like what the hell are you doing like (laughs) 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 getting back at seven in the morning having already been up for two hours right (laughs) and um then uh so we we um got the Peter, the main guy, and he sort of s- told us to show us what we'd learned. And mm-hmm. So we performed the, the katas, like the sequence of movements. Yeah, which I've seen. I've seen you do, and yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah another another question maybe. Um, and uh, we did some power work, and um, and then he said to us, right, this, and it was a really rainy day, and we had lightning, mm-hmm. thunder, and it was very, um very kind of epic day we would, but we had I mean we were 19 we were super fit super yeah. strong oh yeah. super motivated we didn't give we didn't care about the rain at all right. or the cold or anything you're in warrior mode oh absolutely yeah. I've never been in a zone like that before and uh, or probably or, or since probably and um, he just said right it was pretty wavy go in the water get to where the waves break sit in Cesar which is kind of meditation pose let five waves break over your head and then come back in. I didn't even blink. Wow. I was like, in. Yeah. That, by the way, is one of the dangers of this kind of student-teacher relationship <laughs> that you can have because if the teacher tells you to jump off a cliff, you know, you You're might take it a step absolutely forward before right, you think yeah. about it. That's the danger of um, karate is very, very um, strict kind of little power. The teacher can have a lot of power. Fortunately, my teacher was good, but you yeah. could use it for bad as well. Yeah, of know? course, yeah. Um, you have to be careful when you make mistakes and as teachers, which I later have done definitely oh right. in that regard because you have a lot of power people do what you say because right. they believe in you anyway wow this this is a good experience so um anyway we went in there we did that my brother was slightly more reluctant than me but he <laughs> 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 he followed me yeah uh, anyway, it didn't even feel the cold nothing wow we just zoned you were just absolutely your mind yeah. was just zen and um point. i think he realized that like i said he was always trying to take people forward and um he just said right sit down and just sort of meditate on what you've achieved. That w- it was over. The hard work was over. Right. So we suddenly were told to relax. And I remember we just, I just sat there. And um, there's a, like a stereo sound of thunder and lightning all across the world, it felt like. Yeah. It was Brighton Beach. But yeah. <laughs> and um, we so I sat there and I just had an absolute, I think it's this giving in to everything. You know, you've done so much hard work. And you just let go. Yeah. You let go of your personality, right? Your ego, your f- your body, and 
I was just connected, right? Like deeply connected mm-hmm. to everything in the world. Like I was just an atom, just absolutely, just vibration, Part of the whole. but not not intellectually, really. Yeah, like feeling that I was part of the whole and um, absolutely overwhelmed me, that feeling. I bet. You know, and I was just the, the thunder, the lightning. and um, I never felt it since, but <laughs> 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 you get there and then you spend your rest of your life trying to get back there. Right, that kind yeah, of enlightened yeah. feeling. And, uh, I, you know, I'll never forget that. And that was a huge experience for me and my brother. Although he sat there, he didn't feel any of that. You know, we talked about it. He, it was just really? was right. You know, it was. he just said, oh, I just sat there and meditated. You know, it's good. But wow. I, and I felt proud of myself, but I felt, I, I felt, I didn't think I felt yeah. connected. And that there's know. a big difference in that. If f- it maybe for certain people like maybe listening that maybe haven't had that experience or or maybe haven't looked at the kind of different. Oh, I think it's a rare experience. experience. Yeah, mm, I, I feel blessed and gifted, and that I got myself into that state. Absolutely, and, and it, I think it's it was about that like utter giving, mm-hmm. um, rel- relinquishing everything that you are and just being and. I think it's hard to get into that position. And yeah. And I think one of the reasons I could get there is because I believed so much in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, later, I <laughs> later when you start overanalyzing and you kind of pick apart things and you think, oh, that movement's not that good. And why are we doing these sequences? And, and, you, and that was later what I suffered from, definitely analysis. Right. And, um, whereas at the time, it was just raw. Yeah. It could have been anything, though, I think. It could have been doing could have given ourselves to an art project or maybe running or maybe like just giving yourself 100 mm-hmm. percent like total deep commitment deep. yeah and yeah. that'd been after like that'd been after like seven years of full-on training as a kid mm. growing up with it um to that point and then we went and did our pre-grading which was easy compared to uh <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> but i mean we were we were so used to pushing ourselves right there we went up the downs for this and we did it with four <laughs> other uh two other black belt trainees and um they would just tell us to run up hills right. carrying each like other like you're doing it different kinds of conditioning kind of thing yeah right? but yeah. The, the the goal of that was normally to kind of break the person down to the point where they were kind of a bit like army training i guess and they kind of try and strip your personality actually right just like very intense training yeah and and it, it doesn't matter how fit you are like that's not the point the point would be to get you to beyond you can if you if you get the fittest person in the world and tell them to do 100 burpees as quick as they can they will be dead yeah, it I don't think matter. anyone will be above that. No, no, no. You just keep going. You know, people could do it, but they would be very, very dead. Oh yeah. And um, so it doesn't, and you can do that in like five, six minutes probably for yeah. the half fittest person. Yeah, if you went crazy. So yeah. you know, it's very, qu- it's very easy to kill someone. <laughs> very easy to get someone very, very tired beyond there, and then tell them to do another hundred. Mm. Right. It's very easy to get someone to that point. And the instructors, they, you know, and and we now I'm an instructor. We, well, I was. Um, you know how to do that. So they would just tell us to run up hills again. Sure. Again. Oh, pick that guy up, run up a hill. Right. And you just fall over, get up, do it again. Right. Go and do the a frustration must under set fatigue. In. Well, it didn't at all. And that's really? the point wow. of the training. It's, um, you just keep trying. Yeah. You just, I mean, like in a gym setting, it's fine. You know how many sets and reps you're doing quite often. Yeah. Or, you know, a workout or even something more intense like a CrossFit workout. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you know, I mean, you might not know before it, but you know in the time, right, I've got to do 100. So you know how to pace yourself. In that situation, you've got no idea how to pace yourself. <laughs> right. You just have to go hard all the time when the instructor's right. like, come on. Just keep going. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you inevitably break down. You, you fall. You, you're on the floor. You can't do any more. Yeah. But we'd already been there in those three weeks, so we knew it. So the other people were like dying. They just psychologically couldn't deal with it. Sure. And, we, and we knew what it was like. So we were just like, okay, I can't do any more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to get up and do more. That's it, yeah. And um, so it was like the 
the big stuff had already happened for us by that point. Um, and then we went and did our public one, which is kind of a formality. It was for me. My brother was a bit different. He sort of suffered some interesting psychological things during the actual grading. Uh, what, like anxiety? and? Um, well, we had to break a um, pretty big couple of breeze blocks. And he was like a lot younger than me. He was like 16 and I was like 19 or 17 maybe he was. So I was a bit physically bigger and yeah. a bit more powerful mm-hmm. than him. So I went straight through them. But he, he failed on the first attempt. And wow. And he screwed his knuckle up a bit, and then he had to go to his other hand, and he um, he couldn't break it, and he just cried. Wow! Know? And we were so tough, and yeah, you know, and the toughest person doesn't matter. Like, there's always something. There's always an Achilles heel. Like, Absolutely. I thought it was so tough at the time. Yeah. So could do anything, take on the world, but there's always something, and um, you know, and he he broke down, and it was a thing. You know, mm. it, was int- it was a moment for him, and. I think it probably stayed with him for quite a long time. And really? Wow. Um, yeah, and I think he kind of had to go and, um, um, you know, like he sort of had to go and revisit that in a way. And um, he, <laughs> the welder just texted me back. I'll tell you about the welder. <laughs> the welder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's another story there. He <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, he he had to go and revisit that. So he went and did his second yeah. flat belt, his second dan, um, and he like had to go and. Break that block, yeah, and he, he was so determined. <laughs> yeah. That was a few years later. Okay, four or five. Uh, was he? I'm guessing like maybe physically a bit stronger. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, he yeah. had some demons to go and you know face up to. Wow. So um, I started a karate class after that. Um, when I was after I gone and then I went to university and did all that. Yeah. And my main goal was simple: it was to understand what the process was because I that was all happening to me. Now I can analyze it, but like I didn't know at the time what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. I just did it. Um, uh, my main goal was to understand what it would take to get somebody to go through that sort of black belt process. Right. Um, I like what it was that would, um, what it was all about, really. Like that was my goal. So my goal, people thought I liked running a crash class secretly, <laughs> maybe subconsciously. <laughs> I just wanted to get someone to black belt level so I could like really work out how to so- take someone through that kind of ex- experience mm. and learn about it really and hopefully other people would get stuff along the way you yeah know, they would learn some martial movement oh, get sure. fitter it's a positive thing right mm-hmm. um but i think we always do things for ourselves ultimately and e- and hopefully we always think that some other people can benefit and we do no harm in that but you know that's what i tried to do and and i did i got um a young guy called bruno um just about a year and ago uh, it took me a long time and we um you know we did his black belt and that was, um, you know, it was a big thing for me. Me and my brother did it together. We, he moved to Canterbury wow. later and we ran the dojo together. And um, uh, and, and what I learned was that everyone's different. Sure. He did not need the same thing that I did. I needed an absolute beasting. Really? Yeah, I needed a beasting. I was too confident. I needed a... But if I had done to him what um, was done to me, he would have... It wouldn't have been right. No, like mentally, he would have been a bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, he might won't listen to this one day. So, yeah. <laughs> but he, um, he needed diff- he just needed something different. He yeah. needed a different approach. And my pe- my instructor Peter came up and helped me and my brother take him on his pre grading in wow. the woods in Bloomwoods um, about a year ago. That must and be so surreal to be a part of that process. It was it was it was amazing. Yeah, uh, it was great because we we sort of just realised we just had to just test things with him psychologically and physically and just work out what was right you know and um 
we opened huge cans of worms and you can open huge cans of worms with people as well if you're trying to get down oh that yeah. road uh, most classy classes are not really like this I don't think in the ones I've experienced they're just kind of either it's sort of sheer combat related mm -hmm. or um, you know a bit a bit more classical form and what I realised was it's all about just building people up and taking them through the right process and and to a certain degree I kind of started this because I wanted to <laughs> this is an experiment <laughs> to see if I could do some of the things that we did with the crafty group with the gym right and to a certain extent it, oh we have and to a certain extent we haven't like we you know there are a lot of people here who've really changed hugely not just physically no, but incredible physical yeah. transformations but as well ideas. yeah like confidence people have people give me send me emails and stuff and I can't believe it sure. you know you just come in here and just do some push-ups and pull-ups and run around a bit and and say well done and that well done might be the only well done that they've got in like the last in well, the day or who, who knows how long, right? Who knows the yeah. positivity you can impact. And if someone trusts you and believes in you and you say something positive, then it has a positive mm, impact. Absolutely. So we always try and be, you know, um, think about the people. Mm -hmm. and how when someone walks in here in the first session, I'm not thinking, oh, how many calories can I burn with this person today? I'm thinking, how can we take you forward? You know, what what's right? What's the right thing to say to you at the right time? Mm. And um, to a certain extent, we've been able to recreate that here. Um, we haven't really been able to recreate some of the other elements of karate classes, like, for example, like meditation and stuff. People are just not... People sign up to lose weight and get fit, right? Of course, so yeah. They're not signing up to meditation. No. Uh, um, you know, but as they know, get to know me a little bit more and I'm learning out more my personality, I think it's something that, you know, in potentially in the future we could introduce and uh, we'd, we'd probably get some people along. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Anyway, another long answer, but that's pretty much my karate. Um, I guess I haven't finished my karate um, um, what journey. Journey in terms of, um, well, I had to I had to stop because um, about must be over a year ago now. Just I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. Commitment wise, I've got three kids. Yeah, I'm obviously I work here quite a lot in the evening. Yeah, and I was going out and doing a karate class as a volunteer essentially. And um, it just, it couldn't really, I couldn't justify it anymore. If I was going out in the evening, leaving my wife with the three, <laughs> two or three kids to put right. them to bed at the hardest time of the day, if, you, if you're a parent, you know what I mean. And uh, I couldn't really just go and volunteer. And I needed to be earning money if I was doing that really. And doing the job that I do, I, I'm out a lot anyway. So yeah, I decided that it was um, time for me to call it on there. And um, so my brother sort of took it over for a bit, but then he had a kid. And he felt the same way. And, I, and then I took it over for a little bit. We actually had it in here for a little bit oh in cool. the gym. Just for a little wow, bit. I didn't know that. And, um, and then, um, and also I just wanted to, I just fell, I guess I fell out of love with it a little bit as well. Just like, just wanted to sort of explore some different things. Mm -hmm. um, one day I'll sort of rehash it all into something yeah. else a little bit perhaps. And also the commitment, you know, if you're a club, you run a dojo you've got to be going down to Su we had to go down to sussex quite a lot for meetings and stuff and right. it just was impractical and i felt myself dreading it and i thought hey i'm doing this for me like what and i'm not doing this for me sure i'm doing this for the people in front of me and in the end i just carried on because of guilt really yeah wow. uh, well you because you, you don't want to you feel like you'd be letting people down yeah you take kids yeah. from the age seven right. and they look up to you and you get them to brown, brown belt level after training for six years and then you say see you later Right, and they're like, "Oh, c c I thought you were going to help me get to to black." Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we managed it with one, and and um, you know, one of the others, 
um who was kind of training with that one you know we didn't quite there was three of them really that started at the same time we only kind of got one of them there mm. um when we stopped here we got a huge amount of um um you know letters and presents saying thank you you know even i know why you're giving it's okay and thank you so much for what you've done oh the rain's coming down oh yeah tin roof wow. you're gonna hear it guys um <laughs> So we, you know, but that's um, that was where I needed. That's what I needed to do. It was the right decision. One day, maybe I'll go back or reformat it and do it in my own way. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that was the that's the end of the journey. Really. Wow. So yeah, because it's interesting the emphasis that was placed on the mental side of things, mm. and as far as kind of seeing where people's limits are, and then trying to get understand the, a unique way for each person to like break through that that barrier, because mm. that's something that i'm super I'm so intrigued by in just general fitness and movement but especially with martial arts which i think yeah. is one of the reasons i've been so sucked into it um after getting into you know that that old classic ufc thing yeah um and i i almost feel like without sort of saying it's movie like but i mean that side of martial arts and that side of just general people the kind of the mental approach to pretty much everything i think is like really underappreciated even in 2016 it's still not really been delved into enough and that you know whether that had been a, a form of karate or or, or or you know judo or, or taekwondo or anything like that that that's i think that communicates to a lot of people on quite a subtle quite a deep level that the, the importance of of having that mental strength and it's amazing that there's actually someone in the UK that's like got a very specific kind of he's tried different methods and like the, you know the guy that taught you was Peter right mm. yeah and that obviously you know that because like because the, the reason I so kind of wowed by it is I imagine that the like the mental strength and kind of like durability that you get from going through that you 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 know people should pat themselves on the back for for, for, for getting through that and then you've then got a whole new skill set going through the rest of life as far as maybe like approaching difficult situations etc yeah uh, and knowing how to work hard like we talked about before like yeah. and um that um that can get you far mm. i didn't do great at school or anything like that but um, i feel I. like i'm doing great now and it's partly just sort of um believing in well maybe now it's sort of the gift that you have and then just working hard you know it's it's um it's important sort of quality um, just back to what you were saying, uh, um, my instructor, when, when I talked to him the last time about what it was all about, you know, karate, and yeah. stuff, he said, well, what it's about is how you move and the way you feel about how you move. Wow. And that's it. Yeah, simple. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you could, if you wanted to, I'm sure you could treat swimming as a sort of, you know, a, a sort of spiritual act. It just really just depends on the meaning that you place upon the movement or running or anything. Um, some, I think some sports are less inclined to create that mindset though because they're just all about winning. Right. And um, so that's why some of the more sort of personal pursuits tend to bring more spirituality because they're not about uh, that all, all the time, you know. Sure. Um, sort of things like ultra distance running is, is another thing place where people can find some deep places oh I've, I've been there as well i've done done that stuff i've done ultra yeah. marathons wow. and, um, what, 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 yeah. what was that like um hard yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, understatement of the century right? <laughs> i did a 54 mile run Jesus, um, 
yeah it took me a lot longer than i thought i'd really not done the training for it i just sort of wanted to see if i could do it really yeah uh, i've done marathons quite a lot mm-hmm. but um i thought um like to try everything and yeah uh it's interesting um that was just a physical thing for me i i already kind of felt like i had the mental strength to do it um and it was just a l- I trained probably only up to about 20 miles so really not enough but I just simply didn't have the time didn't know saying to your wife on a Sunday when you're having <laughs> that precious family time you've been yeah. working all week I'm just going off for a four-hour training run it's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so I was more like three-hour training run <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once every two weeks so <laughs> it was a bit of stupid to do it in some ways but I mean I got to um but people I got to sort of 44 miles running pretty well and then I just literally my legs just gave way they just like couldn't run anymore because right. just hadn't done the conditioning basically sure. and um, uh, people were like come on we're going to give you a massive meal at the end or trying to give me like mental tricks I had a Something few people help me out to, during yeah. the thing and, and I was like look I'm absolutely fine mentally just my legs just don't work yeah. <laughs> and because I knew quite a lot about nutrition as well like I nutritioned it all correct really really well uh, everyone around me was puking up on stupid gels and stuff like that i wasn't yeah. doing it i was just eating real food that's it and um you know i was absolutely fine it w- just my legs just didn't work yeah. so you do need to be a di- bit of training before you do yeah. a 54 mile run <laughs> yeah just a bit <laughs> but again there's um there's, there's there's some great sort of um spiritual journeys that people have been on with things like that because it's not necessarily about just sort of winning all the time it's about finding um you know finding out something through the hard work i think Absolutely. That that's yeah. honestly that's that's been a huge game changer for me in getting into fitness and like why I've become such a proponent of it because when I started when I first started just working out in general, I really never had any kind of idea that I'd A love it as much and B then want to try to help other people kind of benefit from it. Mm. But it's um that that By the way, don't be a personal trainer if you like going to the gym and that's it. Become a personal <laughs> trainer if you like Helping other people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you'll find <laughs> that out the hard way. It's a lot. Uh, so out of the 12 PTs <laughs> that I did my course for, I think three of us are still PTs. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, because partly they, the other, that reason, they just sort of like going to the gym. Uh, oh, I don't know, I have to show other people how to do that? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And just to the serious point that it is actually very hard to earn decent money in this oh, yeah. industry um, because of the rents. and you have Absolutely. To p- it takes time. It really does. You know, as I said to you before, I kind of set myself at least two years to build up at even a decent client base yeah yeah um and and you know that like you know i I got into uh, fitness originally because i was at kind of rock rock bottom depression actually and and you know i absolutely i had a whole bunch of terrible things happen and i just was i'm gonna have to interview you one day (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) you know i'll i'll happily tell you some stories at some point but the um you know, started working with a PT and stuff at a gym because I was nervous about being in that environment. So you got yourself a personal trainer? I got myself a personal oh trainer. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. In Ashford? Or? In Canterbury, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and because it was, I liked the idea of the gym, but I was just really intimidated by it and mm. the kind of, what 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 then would have been me kind of not understanding maybe a lot of the people who are as intimidated by maybe have really bad technique or have a bit of a funky attitude about why they're there. But at the time it was like, okay, I'm going to need someone to put me through the paces and really kind of, I guess try to get me to understand why I should do it long term more than just kind of just How do long it. ago was that? That was about four years ago now. So you come a long way. Yeah. This guy is strong and fit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also the, the really the mental, and once again, always to bring it back to the mental, I, you know, I always bang on about this, but that's been the hugest change for me is like, you know, if you'd met me back then, the kind of the meek, 
sort of scared of ev- of everyone kind of you know horrible posture always hunched forwards and I couldn't look anyone in the eye and stuff like that you know even talking to people was stressful um because of certain things and that has changed so like I've never never felt such a radical shift of a mm. mindset with just you know like a physical practice initially which started at just right a so there's practice. your proof that if you you place whatever m- meaning that you want on the movement and does the movement that is you're doing matter maybe not maybe not yeah I mean, there's some super spiritual bodybuilders out there, like Dorian Yates, for example. I, I've heard this about Dorian Yates, yeah, but I haven't really looked into He's a really interesting guy. If you watch his uh, London Real interview, it's about his first one. It's, it's revolutionary in what he really thinks and feels. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, so you, you used um, fitness. Um, you decided, you said, I want this to be my way of, um, you know, coming out of your depression and anxiety which by the way is a huge problem yeah. in, in society now i gotcha. see it all the time mm-hmm. i see women particularly come in middle-aged women with a lot of anxiety and they've they've sort of made the mental decision to use fitness and um to help them and that thus it will yeah so you say the mind is powerful right you say i want this movement to heal or this practice to heal my depression and if you do it for long enough and deep enough it probably will for sure yeah because i mean obviously i think it does have to be a movement um oh maybe not who knows i'm not i don't think that i know that much but you know you can maybe you could heal with another thing i'm sure maybe it's more like a maybe right maybe you 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 choose something Something, yeah, de- definitely like something, something yeah. creative is also helpful, I yeah. think, for people. And because that, that whole thing of having kind of almost small manageable goals. So you're, you're continually achieving even in a, in, you know, not competing with other people, but in your own mind, you're, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I suppose, the difference of not being able to do a pull-up, putting in all the journey to get towards a pull-up. Then you can do one and then you move towards doing two over time and then it progresses, gradually progresses. Yeah, your friend was um, mentioning uh, Ryan Holiday's book um, in his first book, The Obstacle he is the Way. He just literally gave me that. Gif- well, it was, it, you yeah. don't even have to read it. You got the answer right there. Right. The obstacle is the way. That's it, right? People think about that, you know. That's, if you can, you can go and, you can't do something. You go through a journey, you can do it. Mm-hmm. That's the way. Yeah. And and what a what a what a what a you know, I, I can't necessarily think of a more powerful way of giving someone the like self belief that so many people lack. Because that's one thing I see. That's one thing mm. I have in myself. Oh, that's the key. Absolutely. Self awareness. Self awareness and self belief. I think self awareness actually. But um That's very important. Especially I think socially. first you first you have to be self aware of what your issues are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all have them. Oh yeah. And then you can build on that with self belief. Um if you can look up if you can look in the mirror in the morning and you can say i am really happy with me yeah and not just sort of my personality but what i'm doing mm. what am i doing today how has that taken me forward into um what i want to give the world which is what it's all about mm. giving giving your gift that's what i believe life to be about yeah and how can i you know and you look in the mirror and you're actually you're where you want to be, or you're at least heading in the right. Di- you're never where you want to be. You're at least heading in the, in right, the direction. right direction. Yeah, and that's self-belief, you know, and doing that. And I don't think that there there are many people that I meet who are not in that. S- I definitely wasn't in the past. 
if you'd met me five years ago, I would have been <laughs> totally different person. I'm you sure. Know, pretty stressed, not really doing what I wanted to do, kind of knowing subconsciously, but n- but being you know, uh, parenthood is hard as well. <laughs> yeah. Like really being stressed um, and and busy as a parent, and um, you know, and it all builds up, and you, you you're a bit trapped, you know. And I definitely w- wouldn't be there, and I probably didn't have the self confidence. So I definitely didn't have the self belief and confidence that I had then. But first, you need self awareness. And then of your, and then you can build on that with self belief and self confidence. And I think that um, once you have, so you first step one, become self aware. Close your eyes, look inside, see what's really going on for you. You might not like it. No. Often you won't like no. it. No. You might not like it, and it changes. You know, you're always changing. But if you can really be, what's going on? Okay. And then you can sort of. Um, start to change the things you want to change and then you get your self-belief and then you find your gift and then you go and give it yeah that's it that's, that the, that's it. life wow, that's God. the best damn you really like <laughs> <laughs> just work that out guys that's it plotted that out that yeah i'm in a good space you know and have been for a, probably a few years really yeah and building but i haven't always been no you know, and it's taken taken balls though i think that you know to really give up what you what you know you're not you shouldn't be doing and find what you should be doing and then do it yeah, and, know, and it takes time. It and absolutely. Once you bite on, don't let go. And no. And then explore and keep going. And there's different. I mean, I don't. There's, you know, I've got no idea where I'm going to be in ten years, no. but I know it's going to be exciting, re- though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be related. I mean, every year has changed for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just embarking on a kind of big online project at the moment. That's very exciting. Um, hoping it's going to be a one-stop shop app everything related to health fitness and wellness and that's cool being i look like forward to that little uh little icons say you want to lose fat okay obviously it's the most popular one so it's where we're starting yeah. <laughs> that's what we're building first yeah um you want to get a muscle up cool kick that icon here's a course you want to do a handstand cool right you want to like get progressions and things yeah exactly yeah. all videoed um yeah. you want to sort your nutrition out right cool hit that app hit that icon on the app course for you there you want to um, change your career because you don't know how. Transition. You got You want to you know, get some self confidence. You want to meditate. You want to. It's all related. You want to um, find some sort of um, practice to make you feel good. It's a big journey. It's a big. Um, it's going to take me about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> but we we started with the fat loss one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the one that's going to get yeah, some money together to make there, yeah. to build it. But we've got we've got a team. We've got a marketer. Um, working with a tech developer and a designer, there's four of us, mm-hmm. and we're working hard on it. And um, first, uh, here is a plug. <laughs> first right, um, plug away, version man. is not going to be an app. Um, January, we're going to launch our sort of um, fat loss program, which is you know people need to start there. To be honest, yeah. like most people, I mean, I <laughs> you know I could start them with um, calisthenics, but it would be a stupid idea. Yeah. If you can't, um, if you you look in the mirror and. You you're overweight and it's going to affect a lot of areas of your life yeah and performance most likely as well Well, exactly you can't if you've got a lot of weight you're going to find it hard to run you're going to trash your knees up you're going to find it hard to do push-ups and and you need to address it first because Mm. um not everyone but a lot of people in that situation are very unhappy with themselves and it dominates their life it dominates their relationship they don't want to be with their partner as as fully as they could be because they don't like the way they look themselves because they look in the mirror and they don't want to, um, you know, I read, a, I read a survey the other day and they um, interviewed a thousand people, gym goers, bodybuilders, um, normal people, overweight people. And uh, guess how many of them said they were unhappy with their body? 
90 percent really guess guess oh what what what, what category yep yeah. you tell me no like across the board how many people do you think were unhappy with their body well i mean what but do you want a percentage yeah i'd say i'd say 85 plus percent 95 percent holy shit yeah wow that's massive and bodybuilders were in there yeah, well, I I would almost assume yeah. in a sense. Oh my god, I just need to get this bicep one little bit bigger. Symmetry, yeah. Yeah. All that oh my stuff. god, I'm not quite happy with this, you know. And um, yeah, it's 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 sad, as well. It's it's that body confidence thing that people just don't have. Um, they're hyper aware of it, and and maybe it's a product of the society we live in. I was going to say, do you know where that might stem from? I don't know. I think that you know, I don't think the sort of Instagram era of everyone looking beautiful all the time is 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 helping. Yeah. Um, I think that also, but just people are bigger, you know, the obesity problem is crazy in the world. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, there's a lot of factors. Isn't it? I'm, not, oh God, I'm yeah. not, I'm very, I've learned to be undogmatic about my opinions in relating that's to nutrition and why uh, it's a complex phenomenon, you know, parties do with supermarkets. It's so easy to get everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's just on our doorstep. Um, the abundance, the variety of food, you know, th- 40 years ago, supermarkets didn't really exist. You just got what was local. So you right. in season, 50 years ago, maybe you would go and um, have what was in grown in your country uh, to a certain extent. And yeah, uh, but, in but your within the proper seasons and, and yeah, you know, so you just got a lot less variety. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, things like, you know, soda, sh- obvious stuff, sugar. Yeah, a lot of the fast kind of heavily processed foods. Yeah, yeah, fast food chains, the prevalence of them, the... Um, <laughs> it's funny I heard a statistic that never has there been more people going to gyms and never has there been more unfitness and obesity what? <laughs> that is really gyms bizarre. don't work it's right. because but th- and just lack of activity yeah, you know, yeah we yeah. don't even get up to change the channel on the telly anymore we right we um, hit a remote control yeah. we uh, we use cars probably more you know everything's so convenient we don't have to actually get up to go to the shops we can just click something on our phone and right. just i think that all contributes really um completely can't really remember why we were talking no, about that. no we were like talking about people confidence looking in the mirror yeah, that's and it. people so oh yeah i was plugging my app wasn't that's i it, that's <laughs> it so we're going to release that anyway in january um if you want to start there you know we if you want to kind of you're a guy and you want to get muscle that that will be maybe next year we'll do that one but we it's a course so it's a three-month course um you get an email three times a week with videos, what to do, and, um, you know, really sound nutritional program as well. Um, a lot of advice, a lot of teaching from, from me about that. Uh, it's not what you think, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, trying to be a teacher yeah, rather than just an enforcer. Yeah. And uh, we did the pilot of that a couple of months ago, uh, three months ago now, and it was great. We had about 50 people on it, and we did three months. There were sort of options to do, like, one month if you wanted to, you know, just to start. Anyway, we're going to do that in January, and um, yeah, check it out. <laughs> it's called 99T, by the way. 99T, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to tell you what T stands for. You can wonder about that. Tremendous physical benefits Thank is you. what that yeah, stands for. Maybe. Um, no, I'm, I'm just making that up, but you but never know. We're cool with time, by the way. It's fine. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but but also, yeah, so um, were, they the, were they the pictures that I've seen of people's improvements were based on from that program? Yeah, yeah, we got some fantastic transformations. Yeah. yeah, those pictures are like so clear and obvious. Yeah, the they're pretty. Inc- I mean, some people, to be fair, had help in the gym. They came and um, did it alongside. And some people I never even met. You know, they yeah. just um, sent me the photos. And wow, I've had a good impact there. That's great. And what's the next stage? Um, one of the things we're going to do with all those pictures and all the knowledge that um, we've got, because what we're trying to do is actually we're trying to do the project 
as a um we're trying to experiment a little bit and see what works you mm-hmm. know because um <laughs> you know uh every personal trainer will tell you oh yeah uh eat avocados um they're they're really good for you uh, and you'll be like okay if you're a bit of an analytical person maybe a bit of a science background you'll be like oh um why why oh yeah. great for fat loss great for this <coughs> and, yeah. and they're like oh um is there any evidence for that like a proper sort of randomized trial where in it oh man don't know about that anyway next <laughs> question right <laughs> yeah, so right. we're trying to be do things a bit differently we're trying to actually find out what works for people mm-hmm. like um experimenting actually on them <laughs> <laughs> oh god living right, experiments uh, no but just sort of trying things out and then um, what we've really realized is the one major thing that people need to succeed is just support you know um and that be from each other and also from um from from someone like me mm-hmm. um and uh people always they're very worried that that if they make a little blip or they don't train one day or something that everything's gone wrong and it's just not the case at all you know you need to be at at ease with that and get up the next day and just you know get back on that's what we try to help people with so one of the new features of um after the pilot we realized people needed like a a social network really Mm -hmm. but a bit more specific so not just facebook but so my techie is literally building a custom built social network no for the way. program yeah. wow so that's going to be embedded within the app so people can just communicate with each other and just say hey i fucking hated that workout <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <Did> you yeah <laughs> day three <laughs> or um you know oh what do you think about this meal like what about do you, do you think that's a good one or just and then free facebook it's a bit too much of a free-for-all you know anyone can yeah. chime in and it's there's a, a lot of bullshit out there yeah we're just trying to get simpler and uh and then also we had these um um, as part of the program on on the kind of emails, halfway through I realised that people were just sort of dropping off a little bit, and they just needed a bit of a bit of a pep talk, really. Right. So I created a help button on yeah. the email, and suddenly, like people s- pressed it and said, "Look, oh, this this stuff is happening to me," and I've heard it all before, so I know how to respond right. to it. And suddenly, they're back on the program, and we realised if we didn't have that button, we may not have. Um, they may have just, um, you know, stopped mm. because they felt guilty or something. Guilt's a huge thing. God, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I deal with that. I've t- I mean, I've told you with that. You know, I, I, I eat very well and I, I'm very disciplined with my training, but I still seem to have definitely, it's definitely slipping away. Mm. But there is definitely, I have a strange thing in my mind of, you know, oh, I've been eating clean, blah, blah, blah. I then I and I I almost don't want to say eating clean like it's a struggle because it should just be my lifestyle should be normal for me to just be putting good stuff in my body but I'm no angel I eat shit sometimes yeah <laughs> okay well that's good to know because <laughs> your yeah. diet seems oh pretty yeah. bang on uh, it's good but like it, it that's the thing is that um you know the ice cream tastes good right oh so hell yeah uh, <laughs> especially if you've been for a big training session or something like that absolutely and, um you know i d- I, d- I, tr- I think it's about making the choice mm-hmm. so you make the choice in your mind that every now and again maybe a couple of times a week or something you're gonna have something that's not great f- for your body maybe like i don't know alcohol or beer or whatever um ice cream or whatever but you th- so i have a rule with myself i say three times a week i'm gonna have something that i know that i enjoy but i know it's not perfect for my body but it's a sustainable strategy. Um, so I might have two beers and I don't know, chocolate bars, something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I don't really like chocolate, but I, I I like dark chocolate, which is good for you. Oh way. yeah. Um, but say some ice cream. I don't, I don't even, I don't always have three. Maybe even have one. Maybe yeah, have none. it varies. But I I make that choice, so I never feel any guilt, mm-hmm. and it means that my kind of calorific intake of that type of food is pretty low, but it also means that I'm not like a the dweeb at the party who says oh no i'm not having that 
and uh, being a bit antisocial because of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'll, have, I'll have pudding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just know that I'm only going to have that very, not very often. Mm. And that that's the kind of, what I've realised, what I work with some people, I've worked that, telling them that and saying, why don't you just choose three things? S- got them the results that you saw in those transformation photos because they suddenly stopped feeling guilty. Right. Because when they feel guilty, the next day they... Um, you know, they just basically think, bugger it, I've, um, you know, I've ruined it all, I'm just going to go back to how I was and eat crap all the time. And if you just say, make the choice to have one glass of wine for that sort of relaxing effect at the end of the day and enjoy it, mm-hmm. rather than be in the habit of having five, it's a completely different thing. It just, again, it comes back to mindset, right? Absolutely. Exercise. Mm-hmm life <laughs> nutrition you place the meaning in your mind before you do something it becomes that mm-hmm. you place the meaning of i'm gonna eat this ice cream and i'm just gonna put fat all over my body <laughs> and uh i'm gonna feel really guilty about it that's what will happen or not necessarily the fat thing not but the guilt but thing yeah. right and then you're just in the downward spiral yeah so that's that's the way i play it we live in a world where we're exposed to lots of things and hey Beer's nice. And yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if it was like, if I was, but you have to have a, just a little bit of discipline, but not too hard. Yeah. You know, like if I was completely undisciplined and frivolous with it, I'd probably have a beer every night because I enjoy it. Right. But I know what would happen if I did. I would end up probably getting a bit fat or probably just, you know, not getting up in the morning on time for work, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is six o'clock start usually. And, um, so I have to have that little discipline, but that little bit of allowance mm-hmm. as well. Um, that's the strategy that I use. With, But th- again, everyone's different. Some mm-hmm. people do need a of bit course. of a strict hand yeah. for maybe a few weeks at least. And yeah, then they yeah. could kind of just get into a sustainable strategy. I'm going to adopt that three things a week thing because cool. um, I've been not necessarily like completely ducking out of say like an indulgent dessert if i'm out for a friend's meal i will tend to do that because i you know i, I train hard anyway yeah but um you know my mum, she's very wise she always has said to me 80 20 you know what i yeah. mean like just you're you're eating well you're training I go 90 well. 10 but that's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah. 98 too <laughs> I, I, it's my job to, to look I, if i look a bit out of shape i'm not gonna g- it's not good to be a personal trainer and be out of shape <laughs> yeah and and you know and I, you know I, I i sort of i can't mention names because i actually don't know any of the people but on a lot of courses I've been on, I was actually really surprised how, you know, not in shape, I suppose you could say, a lot of the other people were getting into personal training. Yeah. It kind of shocked me a little bit. Yeah, maybe they need to go and do a bit of work first. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, well, I'm not going to be dogmatic. That's a, I take that statement No, back. but maybe you're, you're, that you're was never dogmatic anyway. Their yeah. pathway into what they needed to do. And yeah. so maybe that was the bit, the, the kick that they needed to, to get back into where they wanted to be. It's it's an interesting realization though, like um, to have. Um, so I was at like a, a sporting event last week, and a guy came out and was off was came out of the back of the kitchen and was kind of offering free leftover sandwiches and hot dogs and stuff that hadn't been eaten. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really like looking to eat that kind of food anyway, but I had sort of I'd actually said to the guy, "No, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm just watching what my what I eat at the moment," and he instantly said. Oh, what, what are you? Are you are you training for? Are you you an athlete or something? And I was like, well, no, I'm not. And it wasn't the first time I'd actually had the thought, kind of, you know, I enjoy the discipline, but yeah. how often do I really let myself just enjoy something indulgent yeah. 
because you know I'm I'm just a normal person, right? I'm not working. I'm not competing in a mm. athletics competition or you know whatever. What it, it all comes back to one thing, actually: feeling good. Yeah. I said that again. It all comes back to feeling good. So you wanna you wanna lose <laughs> Tony Robbins, who's a sort of I know him. American. Oh yeah, he's quite loud and abrasive. He's quite big aggressive in his style. Quite, yeah. yeah, but I mean, what if you read his books? What he says is is on point. Oh I god, think, yeah, like, amazingly clever guy in 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 many ways. And he says um, people want to lose weight not because they want to lose weight, because they want the feelings that they think they're going to have when they've lost weight. So they want to have the feeling of it mm. of, of pride right so it comes back to feeling good right so um i f when i have a the choice and i have a beer i feel good i love that it's gorgeous mm. yum go to sleep nice and relaxed i'm gonna eat that ice cream that feels good because it just is nice and i know i'm not gonna have it again for a long time sure and um so this thing of training for something or um you know People want to win a race or get a PB in a squat mm. or a 10K yeah. because they, they want to feel good. Right. They want the feeling it will, bring it, it will bring. Right, sure. Yeah? So they, I used to be the same as um, when I was teaching and really stressed. That one of the reasons I'd kind of got out is I was a competitive runner. I'd run for a club and, and I'd try and get – I mean, I wasn't amazing, but I was a pretty decent runner. And, and I would kill myself to get that. 37 minute mm -hmm. 10k or whatever it was and um you know totally not listen to my body just trash it up and just listen to my mind and can be really competitive really but and what i actually look back on it i wanted the feeling of winning sure and that was like pretty much just that's pretty much just ego massaging that's what it is uh, yeah and like now i run to feel good and i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just get out in the woods and i'm like what's my goal feel good so that might be different things at different times sometimes it's just like plodding along looking at the trees mm -hmm. breathing deeply in nature maybe i'll stop maybe i'll sit close my eyes mm -hmm. maybe i'll climb a tree or maybe i'll go absolute full-out sprint until i feel like i want to stop and then i'll jog and then i'll sprint but it's coming from a very natural place and it makes me physically with endorphins and things like that feel very good and mentally because i'm a parent of three children in uh with uh when i you know although it all seems amazing that i run a gym and stuff i do run a business of course and it is still has its stresses yeah absolutely and, and um i need to de-stress and that's the way that i do it so come back to eating like when you eat shit all the time you feel shit absolutely i used to when i was younger yeah yeah and um i remember that's that. like so if you d if you do things physically and um, like in terms of like fitness or whatever, like maybe going and playing a game of football makes you feel good, mm. win or lose. I love playing football. I love squash. I love it all, to be honest. <laughs> 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 I love anything like that. Uh, don't get a little time to do it now, but anyway. Um, comes back to feeling good. That's another thing my cross instructor said. He said, well, do you, do you, does, that make feel does that make you feel good, that movement? Mm. No. Or yes. If it's a no, it's not, don't do it then. Or place a different mental right. message on it, or do it. Does it make you feel good? Yeah. Like that's kind of. Um, that sounds quite hedonistic, actually. I do guess everything's not like that. Say, well like it's not. It's not pleasure. Say, seeking, yeah. is it? no. It's, it's, it's a bit it's different. It's a bit it's deeper. A it's well-being, really. Yeah. Say, for example, you say, um, or why did you go and um, 
sleep with another woman just frivolously. Oh, it felt good. Well, right. that's not going to feel good in the long term, is no. it? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, if you have another relationship, I mean, um, you can't do things like that. It's, it's. I guess it's just that sort of. Um, he's uh, him asking you if you're in training, or if you're just doing it for just your life and lifestyle, yeah. and just feeling good. And when you feel good, you can kind of achieve a lot more of what you want to achieve if you worked out your gift and how to give it. That's it. And then you like so that kind of uh, interesting on your podcast you were talking about m- mindfulness. I've never actually heard that term, but it makes oh so really? much sense. Wow. No, I've never heard of it. Um not obviously not on the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, and um and kind of like high performance and all these strategies like med- using meditation in business and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And um they're interesting because it's um I use strategies for performance in some ways and but i feel like i questioned myself when i heard that i'm like am i using these am i just using like meditation and and these these techniques just to kind of um make money or like make my business but i realized it wasn't like that it's just i use these techniques um that i use to perform highly in my job every day in what i'm doing and um because i w- i've found my gift and i want to give it to more people more sure. effectively yeah so the the better state that you're in if you're feeling tired or negative or, you know, lethargic or, or too energetic and not calm and not grounded enough, if you're not in the right state, you're not going to be able to perform what you, what anything. So, I ha- yeah, I do a practice in the morning and um, it's changed over time. But um, I think that, um, yeah, f- feeling good is, is a good thing. Mm. And if you can work out how to do that, it's... It's uh, it's part of a good big part of the equation. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay, cool. Well, so that brings me to basically my um second to last question for you, which is basically you know I'm I'm not a parent yet. You know I very much look forward to that in the future. But um, how, how do you wha- what's the experience like o- of being you know like the busy busy guy that you are? You know, gym owner. You know, trying to run a business essentially, and also you know kind of keeping track of people's progressions and clients etc you know h- how do you do all that whilst also raising you know a young family as you said you have three kids now yeah it can be hard sometimes i have to say um i think the hardest thing is just having to work in the evenings sometimes and um you, know, you need to keep in touch with the, the clients and the group um, i don't do personal training in the evening or anything like that all the weekends the weekends are sacred yeah um when i first started personal training you know um kim my wife said let's just have the weekend like don't train people on the weekend we need time and um i'm really glad that she made me do that or not made me but um encourage that because mm-hmm. if i said yes to training people on the weekend I mean, i'm usually fully booked during the week anyway um i would just never have a life you know so i made some rules with myself and um kept to them and i'm really pleased i did the evenings i find hard sometimes i mean try to keep to just running working two nights a week um but sometimes if i start at 6 a.m that's when the gym sessions start off work through the day and then sometimes finish even at 9 30 at night um go home for dinner go home for breakfast you know that kind of thing. it's a long day oh I yeah i try and only do two of those a week and the rest i'm i'm home um by three or four o'clock so i get the evenings there that's cool um, you get the after school time yeah that i always pick up my daughter from school at three o'clock every day i finish personal training with people um and my other daughter as well uh, um you know i'm a hope my wife will agree i'm pretty involved dad <laughs> <laughs> i'm not uh going earn the money and no. um go home and then go and 
watch the football type dad i'm not like that no. um but i know it's a hell of a lot better than when i was a teacher though I mean, although i used to get the holidays mm-hmm. i wasn't who i wanted to be as well so right. i couldn't be the parent i wanted to be i don't think and um also i was just working a lot at night you know into the night and on the weekend and preparing and planning and marking stuff like that and um i'd take this any day of the week because also my stress levels are very low you know it's not a stressful thing to take a group it's a fun thing right or to p- um, personal train people it's mm-hmm. it's not stressful um yeah some t- uh, beginning of the career definitely financial stresses although um you know on that note um earning a lot more than i did as i'm earning more like a head teacher salary right for doing what i really want to do right on so that's, that's cool if you give find your gift and you give it it will give back yeah so uh, like yeah i believe that's that. how that's money really if you create value for people you, you give them a service that they feel value from they'll give you money for it it's kind of as simple as that just take time mm-hmm. but um so yeah it can be hard but um ultimately i know i'm doing something i want to do and i know that um hopefully in the future that'll make me um you know a good role model for my kids to do what they want to do mm-hmm. um and I, th- I i think that's important that you're happy as a person mm-hmm. and as a parent so they can see you like that and hopefully they'll want to and i'll always encourage them to find what they are good at and, and mm. give it to other people and um so ultimately i think that it's it's a good thing but it can be can be trying at, at times yeah I bet. but i just try to discipline and manage yeah. myself a little bit but at the beginning it wasn't like that it was like i want some clients <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but now it's like whoa okay i've got quite a lot now i uh, just got to manage this a little bit yeah yeah okay that's cool and and um basically this is kind of like a new feature okay this is only episode two <laughs> i'm experimenting <laughs> yeah but a, n- a new feature i i kind of want to want to give a, a a try it was actually uh matt matt jongbutt's idea so shout to you matt out in india um oh wow becoming awesome. a pretzel right now <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning the he practice yeah. of yoga Great. um and basically he, he kind of suggested to me that because I, you know, a lot of the people I'll have on the show, or most of the people, are people that you know, like yourself, who have you know influenced me in a lot of ways. And I'm the the feature is basically I'd like to ask you and and future guests really, um, if you could just name one book that has really influenced you either getting into fitness or e- even even in business mm. or in changing your mindset about something. Mm. You know, if you could maybe elaborate. Yeah, um, I've read a lot of books, um, but. I think the most important thing with books is that you, if you, you know, you actually action what you read. Mm. <laughs> a lot of people I'll read. Um, there's, there's uh, so many I could mention. Um, I'm going to mention two. I'm going to break the rules here. Okay. But only one to demonstrate a point. So um, a lot of people come to me for running because I'm pretty knowledgeable about running. And uh, they'll say, I want to get better at running. And I'll say, okay, I can show you some things. But I've read a lot of, bu- a lot of books about running. And the best book is um, called Chi Running. And it just takes you a um, bit, bit like I was talking about before, kind of away from the competitive element and into the kind of just running for running's sake. We're humans, you know, we we should be able to enjoy that um, that practice of just being free and running. And that's a fantastic book for that. But that's not going to be my trump card book, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's just to demonstrate a point. But most a lot of people buy it. Okay. And they're like, yeah, I read some of that. <coughs> and I'll be like, right. And? And? Yeah did you apply it uh probably not i'm a very slow reader i'm a little bit dyslexic and i kind of um 
but I think it's a really good thing. I read books very slowly, but but I try and absorb the messages mm-hmm. within them. Sometimes I just put them down, just let that let that let sink, sink in. in yeah. Or in a sort of more an instructional manual, kind of a non-fiction book, should we say? Um, used to read a lot more fiction than I did now. I read a lot of non-fiction. <laughs> um, you know, it it's about applying it. You talked about this in your first episode. It's about going and applying the lessons that you learn. So you actually got to put that book down, get out there, try that visualization he might yeah, suggest. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, and then come back. And, and it's the same as a swimming book that's called Total Immersion. That's a great book for... Good title. Yeah. And, um, but people buy it and they read it and they don't do it. So, I don't so that's just wha- a, a point about books and reading. Right. Do you want to actually listen to the person who's read lots of books or do you want to it uh, this is just another guide point but or do you want to actually listen to the people who have done the thing and that's doing the thing that's the important thing so um i'm i can't think of one particular i can't think of one real standout book but there's only the last book i read i'm going to tell you okay. about uh, because this is influencing me in my current project which is all the online stuff right because that just seems to be the way i've got to go i've got to our gym's pretty full you know, it's going well, right, what's next? It's going online and reaching more people in different ways. Right. And uh, that's a huge, <laughs> huge kind of problem, a pr- uh, huge project really, which is going to take me a long time. But um, the book that I read that was kind of related to that is called Black Box Thinking by a guy called Matthew Syed. Um, I recommend all personal trainers and anyone doing any kind of project work or anyone, anything, doing anything should read it. Actually. <laughs> uh, it's not really a spiritual book at all, which I've read quite a lot of. Um, and a lot of business books as well, but this is um this is a book about if you want to really know stuff, you have to go and test it. I mean, the whole kind of hacking phenomenon is kind of related to that, isn't it? But like hacking is a very sort of um, primitive term for you know, a properly randomized, controlled scientific experiment would be um, kind of a bit of a better way of doing <laughs> hacking. You know? yeah. <laughs> hacking yeah, yeah, yeah. on yourself. Oh, look, I changed where well, you're one person right. <laughs> with many different variables. Exactly, right. But, I mean, it's not really just a science book. It's kind of a... It, it takes the um, takes the example of the medical industry and the aviation industry and how different they are in how they um, um, approach mistakes. Um, so the book argues that we really learn through making small mistakes and... Um, in in anything so you learn how to do a ring muscle up here for example right and uh, you would fail at first and think right i just got to get that little bit around there or that and again and again and again right, and again right. and again and build build you could have said maybe four years ago if you'd come in your previous mind state you could have tried it failed I can't do that. Mm. I never try again. Too late. Yeah. But in your current, more positive mind state, you tried and tried, and then you got it right. Right. So, um, and that's your mind being open to this kind of mindset of that failure is not a bad thing in anything. Absolutely. And that you have to keep testing and trying, and and um, so that's what we're doing with the project. We're trying lots of tweaks and things, and seeing how people react, and um, doing pilots, and um, to really, you know, understand what, because what we assume might work different to what actually works absolutely and so it's all about testing things and how the um the aviation industry uh, hence black box thinking right which is about um you know like finding out what went wrong in the flight and not just from the mechanical point of view but from the what the psychology of the pilot right like so human error li- yeah they'll yeah. listen to what happened in the pilots and they'll actually go and um train 
um, pilots in that s- taking that scenario and say, well, this is what went wrong. Right. Wow. Because we have a recording of it, right? Of course. And uh, all the, the dialogue av- and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The wow. av- and usually a lot of it's human error, you know. And um, the aviation industry, when it first started, is um, something like thirty percent of flights would crash. <laughs> and horribly like worrying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's like Lord. right back in. Yeah. Thank with God. Without people, I think, and stuff like that as yeah, well. Yeah. 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 But now it's like zero point zero zero one percent or something yeah. like that. And because of the the, the learning that's happened, um, and the and and not blaming people as well, like this blame we make a mistake, mm. we have this blame culture, right? And like you don't actually just actually think, well, what can we learn from that? You just think, oh, it's their person's oh, it's fault. It's their fault. I don't have to think about it again. And yeah. he sort of juxtaposes it with this the medical industry, which um, is um, not perhaps as as open to learning from people's failures. And um, interesting, right? Uh, how surgeons and stuff they they'll just say, oh, you know that person who was basically killed by medical error, which happens a lot. By oh the yeah. Way. Uh, it's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, no. Rather than actually having a recording going on in that room and saying, "Well, that was um, that was your ego that made that person die," right? Because that junior doctor told you that that was going to happen, and you, because quite a lot, certain people in, I think people if they get really far up in their field, they get like that god complex. It doesn't oh yeah. matter, surgeon or, and they, uh, he calls it um, cognitive dissonance, where you're just yep. completely I've blind. You're blind to the truth mm-hmm. because your mind simply won't let you see because of your kind of ego really right and um it's a really fascinating book it's not the kind of book i'd normally read but um a friend who knew i was embarking on this project said look i really think you should read this and it's fascinating and actually the only the most emotional non-fiction book about um you know making uh, something that's not very emotional making mistakes it is emotional it, it does take real life human error in the medical industry sure like it uses it examples so there's a guy who lost his wife to America and he fights to um, create a culture where failure is n- it's not celebrated but it's not demonized right in the medical industry particularly and uh, so that we can just log it learn from it not blame people yeah and um yeah, and uh, and he sort of goes into other industries like sports and looking at things like really successful. Think team how massive Sky, that can be in sports, McLaren. right? McLaren. I, mean I mean, well, it is already. Of really. course, the best teams use it. Um, team Sky's um, the cyclists. You know, yeah, they yeah. they do it because they ha- they they analyze everything and oh they God, tweak yeah. and they make errors. And they're so McLaren or uh, what well, Mercedes? Sorry, they're the same. They have like ten thousand variables that they test. That's insane. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that, and they get the. Mo- that's why they're so far ahead of the other teams. And athlete like people like David Beckham, he said he'd taken five million free kicks before he actually sure. scored his free kicks. Absolutely kick. right. <laughs> and that, uh, th- but the openness to it, the attitude, um, that you know it's okay to fail and it's good, and you just have to adjust and. And if we can actually um, bring that into co- and school, education, I mean, maths is terrible. It's right and wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Let's unpick this. Absolutely. Let's not feel bad about this. And actually, the best, um, it was saying the best country, the country that's way ahead in maths is China. And then this guy went and did an investigation as to why they're so much better at maths than the rest of the world and like analyzed all their lessons. And their lessons are like, here's a problem. Um, and then like, let's all fail it. And let's like look into that, and let's talk about it in ink, like almost not like it's mass. It's like this sort of in in our culture, it's sort of this kind of different thing. And they sort of say they treat it like learning a language, and like we just treat it as this like kind of. 
black and white. Almost right like you can thing. or can't yeah. do it. I mean, I'm not thing. saying that all pe- all education. Um, no, there's loads of great educators no. out there that yeah. don't teach maths. No, but like that, that was my experience. Right, and mine. Yeah, right. In Absolutely. our generation, yeah. actually, when I started teaching maths, <laughs> when I was teaching maths as a primary school teacher, um, you know, I learned from a great teacher called Stella Byrne, and she taught me to teach a bit more like that and I really didn't want the kids that were in my class to have the experience that I had in maths. I hated maths and I ended up becoming quite a good teacher of maths because I could empathise with how kids just didn't get it because I sure. was naturally Absolutely. Don't work, my brain doesn't work very well that way. Yeah, no, same. Um, anyway, Black Box Thinking, fantastic but short, pick it up, read it in a few weeks um, or sit <laughs> put it down every now and again, absorb. Yeah. Um, but I really want to apply what I learned in that into the, the online project. But it's also just a fascinating, um, very important kind of concept, I think, um, to um, bring into anything that you do and not, and yeah, probably eating and, you know, just, just learning from things. If, if, if that was integrated into, if that was a, cult- a cultural norm for children for everyone entering any field of study anything even yeah. just in life well children do it naturally actually and it's, really? it's actually deeply within our dna isn't it is so it's um, actually a natural well thing for us to do about how a child learns to walk they fall right. over all yeah. the time they recalibrate they learn they really want to walk so they do it sure they don't just give up do they no yeah we've all been there and um I- you know it's in our I- it's kind of how um if you believe in evolution it's, w- it's what nature does it evolves because yeah. it adapts to okay we could make this little tweak here and grow this thing and <laughs> and it evolves to to survive hmm. and it kind of how it's it's kind of the adaptability which is sort of mini mistakes that and then recalibrations and doing it better and it's kind of in our dna and but but also removing the stigma socially of if someone I don't know, tried to say they, they were attempting to, to do a, a vertical jump or something, you know, some kind of test and maybe they fell or something, you mm. know, they might do that classic identification with that as I am a failure mm. because I failed at that. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, a famous quote, which is like, there is no, I'm probably butchering it, but it's, there is no such thing as failure, only feedback. Yeah. And that was a huge... Win or learn. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's changed my life considerably even in in the that's very competitive win or learn but anyway yeah, yeah, yeah but that's a lot more yeah, yeah feedback no, yeah exactly but, but even in mm. terms of things that we all deal with even say i mean a good example is like rejection with women you know it happens to everyone even like you know whatever someone looks like or comes across as you know there are going to be people that maybe don't they're not feeling the vibe so to speak and then if you can say it's sort of almost like saying well i asked i asked a, a girl out or something and it didn't you know she wasn't she wasn't into it or whatever instead of it being this personal identification of it was me that was the problem or whatever yeah. blame culture we don't want to be part of that yeah exactly or yourself exactly and, and actually it could just be like okay you know i that we weren't the right match in that moment and that's okay because mm. there are others out there yeah and it's a lesson to me and actually i've it's changed the way you feel about embarrassment because now it's like, hey, maybe that's a funny story to tell now yeah. to my friends, yeah. you know, um, which makes the whole, removes that, uh, just removes just another layer of pressure we all put on ourselves, you know. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> humans are, so, are very funny um, creatures. We we civilized ourselves so much and... and um, the more civilized we become, the more kind of issues we create. I think <laughs> and that's another podcast. Isn't yeah, it? that is. Um, we should we should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, Luke, like it's an honor. I'm really like 
really happy that you uh, could, could talk on the show. Oh, thanks for um, bringing that stuff out of me. I wasn't expecting <laughs> to talk about a lot of the things I did quite probably stuff I haven't probably told about three people in the world actually well, that, that's, <laughs> well that's really great because that's one of the things that I I got inspired from into doing podcasting by of all the podcasts I listen to they're also open and revealing about stories and yeah things that they've been through you relate to you feel a bit better about your own lifestyle so that's kind of you know th- that's that's sweet I, I, it's, you know, I it's a that. huge source of learning and support for uh, modern day kind of entrepreneurial people I have to say like podcasts I, I th- people um, when I did a talk in um, Kent uh, a while ago they were saying um, what support what sort of so sources of support have you had to make your career sort of transition work and stuff like that and I couldn't really think of any at the time I thought oh just sort of myself and and maybe my wife and stuff. But actually, I reflected back on it. I thought, actually, that's bullshit. Podcasts. You know, I, I listen to London Real a lot and... Um, um, Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, Joe Rogan Experience, exactly, and Tim Ferriss and a few others. And and they inspire and support me without being there because I, I just learn, way. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I just learn from them? Just learn, just sit and pause that podcast and think about what that person said and how can it apply to your situation and and that's all and and just sort of saying oh that i feel like that and that guy feels like that and they're there and i want to be just a great thing that we have i think is podcasts and like so much better than like tv because i mean (laughs) in the evening like where i maybe when i was a teacher i'd sort of slump and be really tired and watch tv for relaxation i'll just listen to a different podcast i'm the same now uh, because they're just so you know i listened to your one the other night in the bath and i loved it and it was was just um it's just so much more inspiring isn't it that's cool well yeah i really appreciate you talking on the show and um, for anyone who would love to check out um, Community Gyms, it's in Mill Lane in, in Bridge, just outside of Canterbury. Yeah. Stone's throw from Canterbury, really easy to get to. And um, I personally would recommend it very much for people that are um, into a, a kind of a more communal, holistic approach to health and, and improving. Yeah, improving. and we, we get a lot of people who really, really hate the idea of going to a gym. You know, and they all say, a lot of them say, if it wasn't for here, we wouldn't we can go to a gym because we kind of we don't like gyms either so cool. <laughs> yeah no I, and I'm, I'm with you on that um so also 1990 yeah version coming one out coming. in january version um version two version really two even. yeah we learned a lot from version one um you can um 99 oh damn i just realized i'm gonna have to say what the t is called because that's the website <laughs> so i couldn't get 1990 apparently it's some old Lamborghini or something oh yeah well, it's called uh, 99transform.com yeah that's the um that's what t stands for and uh, it doesn't exist yet, by the way, website. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> by January, we're building it. We're building it. It will be. It yeah, will be. It will be there. And um, you can um, try it if you want. Cool. Well, that's it for episode two. Um, if you, yeah, can please continue to, to like and share on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I am uh, at reality underscore circus. And on Instagram, it is all lowercase, uh, all one word, reality circus podcast. Big love. Thank you very much. We're out. Thank you.